Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most metal execution you've ever seen. This week we're discussing a film from Alive Productions, which is ironic because this movie makes us wish we were fucking dead. We're talking about 1989 Shocker by Wes Craven, who seems to have lost his absolute fucking mind making this movie. We'll talk about bearing children, the effect it would take to hook up 200 TVs to the same VCR, and of course, the electric gremlin from Gremlins 2 on this episode of Horror Movie Night. <laughs> right, now you said the effect it would take to hook up two two hundred TVs. It's the effort it would take to hook up two hundred TVs. I was to so... one VCR in a fucking warehouse that just repeats the same image of a, a nuclear explosion, skulls, and war footage over oh, and yeah. over and over. Again. Oh yeah, no, I've got a note about this, which is like, yeah, we'll jump right there. How boring is this fucking town's TV that this is the shit that's on right now? <laughs> No, I think he just has uh, the same video looping all the time because he had that same thing going on in the intro when it was playing that 80s hair metal and he was dripping the soldering all over his foot. Which, by the way, I know how to solder. He's doing an awful, awful job soldering. (laughs) (laughs) He's... Well, that's the... um, So, my my first note is actually about the intro scroll, which I love because I miss that about modern horror. Well, about modern movies in general. But, um, like... I think they're 50% of my notes, and there are a good chunk of them uh, that I took before I just gave up. Uh, They're all basically like, Wes Craven is copying Wes Craven so fucking hard in this movie. He's just like, you know what works in Nightmare on Elm Street? Let me try it again. It's literally like shot for shot the opening to Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) Which, like, I get it, but Nightmare on Elm Street wasn't even a decade before this movie came out. Well, so I'm not sure if you guys did any of the same research that I did looking up, like, information on on IMDb. But it seems like the premise of Shucker was, like, Wes Craven actually trying to cash in on Freddy and being like, okay... You know, I didn't want Freddy to be a franchise, but it was. So this time, 
I'm going to make a movie that I want to become a franchise. Ugh. Why? This is awful. <laughs> There's so much, like, hoops you have to jump through for this movie to work. You have to just ignore so much bullshit. Oh, my God. And it's I, I always forget how fucking drawn out the first, like, 30 to 40 minutes of this movie is before the dude goes to the goddamn electric chair. Are you sure you're not saying that you forget how long and drawn out the first hour and 40 minutes of this movie is because this movie is brutal. Yeah, it yeah. is. Even in the end, when we're like, at, where there's so much going on, I'm still just like, oh, whatever, fucking, I don't care, <laughs> man. I don't care. So, well, and also, like, the, 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 whatever, the Pinker, um, isn't even a good villain. Like, he's got all the, panache that later freddy had but none of the actual charm and none of the f- i mean like he's just comically annoying yeah i, I mean off. the the only thing that this movie genuinely has going for it is that the soundtrack is awesome yep, yep. i was about to say like so so shocker the um the theme song that's is that like was that paul stanley and who else did, or was it Gene Simmons? It was at least one of the dudes from Kiss, right? Probably Paul Stanley. Um, I can double check and let you know on that one. Oh, I mean, really, to me, the stand <laughs> the standout track is the Megadeth cover of "No More Mr. Nice Guy," which might be my favorite Megadeth song. Oh hell yeah, that was no fantastic. god fuck Megadeth. Nah, nah, that was great. I mean, it's literally just we're panning around an electric chair room, and it's just no more Mr. Nice Guy, baby. <laughs> But it's like it, th- this movie doesn't hit on any of its points. <clears throat> like the whole, none of the plot works, and, and the the like the, sh- the shock and surprise. Yes, I said shock. I'll try not to say it again. But the the surprise of spoiler alert, everybody. Uh, the protagonist is actually the son of the murderous now electric ghost Pinker. Um, like that doesn't hit either, and and then but this movie and this movie is so like Lifetime TV, you know, uh, like a Lifetime TV movie with the whole dynamic of, well, you're not my son, but I raised you and you are my son. It's like they have to go over that at least three times in this movie, and I'm I'm just, you know, I saw this movie in I'd say '99. I was definitely in middle of high school, and I watched it, and and. Uh, it was boring then, and it is even more boring now. So, real quick, before we continue with the plot line. Um, so, this is... Uh, the the Shocker theme song is actually performed by a super group. Yeah, I knew it was a super group, but I was, I was trying to remember if it was Paul Stanley that sang it. So, it was written by Paul Stanley. Okay. It featured the vocals of Desmond Child, the famous producer, with backup vocals from Michael Anthony from Van Halen, and then featured uh, the members of Whitesnake and Motley Crue's Tommy Lee doing the music. There and, we go. <laughs> and the name of the band was the Dudes of Wrath. That's right, the Dudes of Wrath. <laughs> Yo, you, know, you know how we co-opted 420 Boys? Oh boy, are we ever co-opted <laughs> Dudes of Wrath from now on? <laughs> God, so, man, this movie is so lame. Like, it's even like <laughs> 1990s. Let's standards. talk about the uh, the football scene. So, 
our main character's name is Jonathan. I literally just watched this movie five minutes ago. His name's Jonathan, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's the only way that you'd remember anybody's name from yeah, this stupid Jonathan movie. Yeah, Jonathan and Plinker. Plinker? Pinker? Who gives a shit? Let's call him Pinkerton, Pinker. the Weezer album. Um, so <laughs> we're, we're introduced to Jonathan. He's playing football. He seems like a pretty arrogant son of a bitch. He's looking at girls um, while he's trying to run down the field. And his, uh, which we find out later, is a good friend of his just fucking smokes him with a tackle and, like, concusses him. And, uh, and then they have a little back and forth. He's like, uh, the coach comes over, who looks like Billy D. Williams. Um, to- <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I-, I have a note about that. I was like, man, I guess that the- they didn't get enough, uh, they didn't get enough angry black dude in the people under the stairs. They had to bring another one into, uh, Shocker. Because, like, this is right after People on the Stairs, right? No, is this right is before? right before People Under the Stairs. Oh, God. It doesn't even fucking matter because it's they're both garbage. This was right between Serpent in the Rainbow and People Under the Stairs. So this was not exactly the, the biggest career point in Wes Craven's uh, very up-and-down career that he had. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's what I... You know, watching this, I just think, man, like, you know, I, I love the dude. I love his work, and he seemed like a really genuinely nice person, like from you know interviews that I've read and heard and stuff. But he really peaked with Nightmare on Elm Street, and then Scream. Like he really has two really good movies under his belt. I can't. I mean, you can argue that there are other ones that are serviceable, but <sighs> so here's the question: What is the worst of the films that he's directed? Shocker. Oh, Shocker, cursed, or my soul to take? Well, I haven't seen my soul to take, so I'm gonna have to. And I haven't seen my soul to take either. But based on cursed and shocker, I'm gonna go with shocker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe since none of us has watched my soul to take, it is the worst one. I've seen it. It's it's pretty bad. It's like Wes Craven's attempt at like Final Destination. Ugh, I thought that was what cursed was. <laughs> no, Curse was his attempt at doing a werewolf movie with Christina Ricci. So before I jump back into this, um, back into this football scene, this was a, a listener pick, correct? Yes. Oh, uh, that reminds me. Let me go through. We did get an email about this one. Uh, so, so this was from fan mail Chris, who I believe suggested to us movies like Munchies and. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's definitely the one who gave us munchies. Yeah, so apologize, but still, he you know he keeps bringing it back. So he goes, "I want us to watch. I want you to watch Shock, Shocker. You have. I absolutely love this one. It's an incredible soundtrack, and Mitch just kills it as Horace Pinker. The final fight is epic. I've collected a good amount of horror tattoo pieces over the years, from my sleeve of Nightmare on Elm Street to a full back of the Army of Darkness movie poster. I mention this because this June I'll be adding Horace to my collection." Curious to hear what you guys think of Shocker, and I also want to hear you try your best what the fuck line and best line the best line in the movie for me. Oh well, I already have the 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 best line in the movie. Uh, it's it's in the very beginning of the film, and it's when the when Jonathan goes up to the like he gets to, like a coke before going to football practice or something, uh, and he goes. Oh, if you don't like the news story, change the channel, which Matthew Weiner watched this film one time, stole the only good thing from it, and Don Draper says that in Mad Men. <laughs> I love that scene. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. That scene is amazing because it's like the fucking flower shop scene in the room where the dialogue just happens so fast for no reason. He goes, 
Yeah, you know, this guy ran six yeah. points last year. I don't know why you're watching that shit. That guy just running around killing people. I have no idea. Anyways, where's my Coke? You don't like the news? Just change the channel. Bye! I guess he wanted a different kind of Coke. Speaking of the news, did either, did the rest of you guys feel like, why the fuck would the news advertise Jonathan's name while the killer's still on the loose? Oh, yeah, dude. I got that line. Like, that's incredible negligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it. Uh, th- Shit happens in this movie that makes no sense. Uh, but, okay, I, I forgot about the best part of this movie. And I know we'll get there. But let me just say five words for you, okay? All right. <clears throat> Come on, you fucker, move! <laughs> it's the little girl. <laughs> I do have no idea how hard I wish that he had just stayed in that little girl body for the rest of the <laughs> but, well, maybe he wasn't a Freddy Krueger pedophile. No, no. He just loved... He just he didn't want to stay inside he a child. He loved killing. <laughs> Here I go killing again. Um, okay, but the football scene. So he... Whatever. He runs into the goal post, and then he, Allison comes over, and he goes, Do I know you? And she goes, Yeah, you said you wanted to bear my children. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> she goes, Well? She's like, No, we haven't had any kids yet. And she's like, What the fuck was that? But that that scene doesn't read well at all because it's supposed to be like this cute back and forth, but it just seems like he really is confused. And then it got straight to this um, dream sequence, which is straight Nightmare on Elm Street, them walking down Elm Street. And he's like, who's the house I grew up in? And you're like, what the fuck is happening right now? And then he wakes up and, you know, he's like sitting next or sleeping next to his girlfriend. So he has like this house that he rents, an entire fucking house, apparently. But... It seems to me like he's in high school, but I'm guessing nobody really says anything because he doesn't go to school, but he's on a college scholarship then? Is that what I'm guessing? That he's a college student and has like this house to himself but doesn't have a job? I don't know. I have no idea. It, it really does not make any goddamn sense. He seems like a high school student. I don't know why he's at football practice um, with people that look like they're definitely in high school. He looks like he's in high school. He looks like he should be wearing a Letterman's jacket. I, uh... There's there's so many like so many issues in general with this movie. Um, one of the things that bugged me a bunch was the cops doing the absolute bare minimum to stop him from walking into the bathroom where there's a bloody corpse. Yeah, I have that note too. It's so stupid. <laughs> they just walk by and they go, "Oh, Jonathan, you shouldn't go in there." Like that's literally the least effort that you could possibly put into that job. No, nah, the the cops are lazy all around, and like especially when they go to the uh, the actual warehouse and stuff, and the guy's just sitting there smoking a cigarette. Like, yeah, good luck. I I hope you find him. Yeah, best of luck, sheriff. Fuck. I I also had a couple notes here where like I do appreciate the. I think that the electrocution scene actually is pretty pretty cool, um, and I love his little like homemade tv possession thing that he managed to build in his uh cell right before yeah and nobody noticed that like <laughs> he put the where did he get the candles that's the biggest contraband problem i really i think truly candles and a huge metal silver cross that he looks like he could stab someone with pretty easily <laughs> yeah and, and then so um uh so jonathan has the ability to fall asleep and dream where his father, Pinker, is killing someone. Because that makes sense. That's like, you know, totally within the realm of possibilities of a Wes Craven film, I guess. It's just so derivative. And it's like, if somebody else would be doing this in a movie, you'd be like, God, this is so derivative. But it's Wes Craven, so apparently he gets a pass. But so, so he, he catches his dad 
he's going to kill this other family and um and and then they have this chase scene chase scene i believe the number one of the movie it's the first of many uh like this scene is this movie is almost like the brain level bad when it comes to did we just do a chase scene kind of stuff well that's what i mean there's like there's it takes fucking forever for this movie to actually get to its original premise which is that he's like yeah (laughs) yeah but like that so so my problems are as the uh, as such. So uh, Jonathan goes up against this seasoned killer who's killed like forty people. Um, fucking flying kick to the back. Oh yeah, it was like a wrestling move. And then he grabs him by the crotch and fucking slams him into the mat. Yeah, isn't that weird to be grabbing your like estranged son that you abused by the cock? I don't know. I I have never been in that position, but it just seems a little odd to me. Uh, maybe your boundaries are a little different when you're Horace Pinker. But so he, how the fuck can a college football star take on a serial killer with that many kills? Just doesn't make any sense. And and, and um, so anyway, there's uh, he has this like communion with this electricity demon, I'm guessing. I, according which... to everything that I've read, that's supposed to be Satan. He's made a deal with the devil. <laughs> so apparently when those wh- fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show lips come out of the TV and go... You got it, baby. That's supposed to be the devil. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, you know, it would make a lot more sense if it was like some sort of demon instead of the devil. Like, why do you have to? You don't have to aim so high, Wes Craven. I mean, I know you're not going to be making another movie again, but really, if if you had a go, a, a second go at it, just go for a demon. You don't have to go for the absolute prince of darkness most evil person because he would think that Horace Pinker is a fucking pushover. He'd be like, really? You are so annoying. I am not Didn't you just you get beat up power. by a high schooler? <laughs> he was a college student, okay? College student, high schooler, whatever, man. The devil's not gonna fucking give a shit. You just got caught by a little puss-puss. <laughs> so, so Horace gets electrocuted and then it again doesn't go to the advertised premise right away. It's like a wacky possession movie for, for 20 fucking minutes. Um, which question is like, would this be better if the people that he possessed spoke in Horace's voice? Or do you like that it's their normal voice? No, because then we would have never got that little girl swearing and calling yes. people son of a bitch and stuff. The, the, like, that's the best thing, though, is that like, uh, you know, if they would have ADR'd his voice over her, she still would have had to scream it on set at least once. <laughs> Like, um, I want to know what that little girl is doing because she is a phenomenal actress in this movie. Like, yo, when she, she gets possessed old... and she stands up and she's got that look on her face, man, I was like, wow, she's really pulling this off, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, if, if the fucking grown-ups could have done even 10% of that when they were somehow possessed by Pinker, maybe we would have had a viable film on our hands. But no... No one can do anything except for this little girl. Like everybody is, they only have two faces: brooding and incredulous. It's it's awful. Like I think that the worst offender in this movie might be the dad, because he, yeah, I don't even remember what his his line was. We're oh, we're missing a great Horace Pinker line where he, um, I feel like he is this when he like comically pulls that that. Um, that guy's yeah. Lip the off. guy goes to give him mouth to mouth, and he goes, "I just want to." Yeah, and he he like his lip stretches oh. down like a, an additional six inches and stretches off his face, 
and then he bites the dude's fingers off, and he says, "Just wanted a little head." Oh no, that's not what he says. Oh, okay, maybe he says that when he when he bit the guy's lip. But when he bites the dude's fingers off, he goes, "Mmm, finger looking oh, good." Like, <laughs> these puns are the worst. They're the <laughs> fucking terrible. worst, man. And you're right; it's so derivative of Freddy. It's just it's it's like Freddy three, four, and five is what this movie is, but. With um, an, 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 a, a premise that's not established, that actually somehow manages to make less sense than fucking Freddy Krueger. I don't understand it. I just, it's fucking weird. Anyways, can somebody tell me what is in that lake? What's in the lake? But it's obviously uh, Excalibur, uh, but it's just very small. I, to, I, I'm serious. I have no idea. I saw something splash down in the, I, like I looked away for a minute, and then I looked back and something had splashed down in the lake. And then he... It's... Oh, oh, no, no. His girlfriend, his dead girlfriend, um, gave him... Came back from the dead somehow. Gave him this... Gave him the... Um, the heart necklace. The heart necklace. And then Pinker grabs it when possessed by somebody. I don't even remember who. And throws... Oh, it's the, it's the construction worker. Um, and then throws it in the lake. And then he has to go back out and get it. Because that's the only thing that can apparently defeat pinker which is so and there's a large portion of the movie that revolves around having to get a uh, a scuba diving mask just a mask no scuba diving equipment of any kind just a mask and there's a scene where like by the way uh hack numero two is in this movie mr fucking theodore Raimi is in this fucking movie yeah, ted Raimi. i have a note that's all in caps ted Raimi. yes <laughs> but he can't act um, either <laughs> So real quick, uh, I decided to go online and find out what's going on with that little girl. Um, well, for starters, she grew up to be pretty hot. But before this movie, she appeared in uh, Flowers in the Attic, which is a very disturbing movie. But she's also the little girl from Critters 2. Wow, yeah, cool. But this is my favorite piece, of, because after after this, she really just made like the occasional TV appearance on like Baywatch and MTV Undressed and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but she was the voice of the little girl in the cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue special that I don't know about you, Scott and Adam, but I used to have to watch in school to teach us about the dangers of drugs, <laughs> starring like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Garfield and Slimer and, and all the Smurfs. Wait, what? I mean, Did you never? S- I, I I'm interested. I don't. You never know saw what that, that is, where like the ne- the little boy was getting pressured. Maybe this was just a PSA I saw one time. But there's a PSA. It is. It's well, a there, PSA. There's this little kid, and he's getting pressured by another kid to smoke pot. And uh, the the little kid, the guy's like, "What are you, a chicken?" And it pauses and it pulls out, and it's like the the Ninja Turtles are showing these kids. Uh, this, like this is on TV. They're showing it to the kids, and they're like, "What should he do?" And the kids are like, "Tell an adult," and shit like that. And they're like, "Let's watch." And the kid goes, "I'm not a chicken. You're a turkey," and walks away from him. That's the whole fucking PSA. Okay, so so that's that's part of it. The entire premise of it was this was when they were doing the just say no thing with the with <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Nicky Reagan. Reagan. Fucking bitch. And, and <laughs> it's. It's this concept where it opens with a little girl sleeping and her brother comes in and breaks her piggy bank to steal money so he can buy some crack cocaine because he's addicted to crack after smoking a joint. And, <laughs> and all of the different cartoon heroes 
come to teach him the error of his ways so that he can get clean. So it's like the Smurfs take him on one little thing and Piggy and Kermit from Muppet Babies take him on like a roller coaster ride and Bugs Bunny's there and so is Garfield the cat. Like it's it's fucking nuts. It just pisses me <laughs> off that the Reagans had to pull in the Smurfs and the Ninja Turtles and all these cartoon characters to fucking continue <laughs> their agenda of making thousands of young men involuntary fucking servitude for the rest of fuck them fuck you nancy reagan you cunt (laughs) (laughs) anyways i'm glad reagan's dead um so anyways there's there's a scene where um what's what's his black friend's name he's got like a weird um some sort of weird fucking you just watched it rhino rhino his name's rhino so him and Rhino are there. They're waiting for uh, Ted Raimi the hack and the, the coach to come back. <laughs> and they're like, no. He's like, fuck it. No, I'm going in. I got to go get it. So they both start waiting in the water. And then Rhino's like, wait, man, I'll get it. And then he goes, what? you can't see anything in this water. We need that mask. And he starts wading back out of the water. And it's like, what the fuck was that about? Like, who wrote this scene? He just changed his mind on a fucking dime. He just, in an instant, he was like, no, never mind. Bad idea. I'm out of here. Like... It's just, the writing in this is so weird. And you're talking about how, like, the way that stuff reads in this movie and that scene at the beginning, it reads like like he was just drunk at a party one time and he came up to that girl and was like, <laughs> I want you to bear my children. Like, it's, like, everything is so awkward and stilted and, and poorly written and read too quickly. Like, they were in a fucking rush to get it filmed and get it done. Like, Well, like, um, this movie's an hour and 55 minutes. Imagine how long it would be if they actually <sighs> read it at a normal pace. Yeah, it'd be fucking two and a half hours. <laughs> this movie did not even need to be an hour and a half long. Like, you, they, there are so many better ways that this could have gone, and it just didn't happen. All right, so we've been talking about this for almost 25 minutes. So let's, um, I, I've got a couple highlight notes that I want to just throw out there. Uh, one, him getting hit by the truck driven by the little girl made me laugh out loud. <laughs> uh, I have a note that just says, this living couch sofa bullshit. Yeah, what the <laughs> That? Yeah, that was straight ripped out of Ghostbusters, it's, guys. It's because so that's the point in the movie where it's like, is he a ghost or is he in reality or like, are we in TV right now or is this a dream? <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? Adam, were you questioning whether this is real life or is it fantasy? Yeah, if you were caught in a landslide, no I was caught in a fucking reality. Uh, brain slide of Wes Craven's bullshit. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. All right, so beyond those two things, really the only thing left to talk about is, like, the last ten fucking minutes of this movie, which I have in notes. This is so fucking stupid. Like, it is so fucking stupid, everything that happens in the last Well, his girlfriend is also apparently tangible in the real world, and they can make out, or is that a dream? I don't know. And then Plinker is, like, this weird fucking flickering light thing. But the girlfriend's there, and she can shoot, like, anime robot beams out of her chest. And, like, wh- what the fuck? No, 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 dude. That was, uh, um, was Craven watched uh, Rawhead Rex, and he thought that the end was good but could be done better. <laughs> and so he had it happen again here. Would have loved it if Plinker just pissed right in somebody's face, but whatever. <laughs> uh, actually, it was Wes Craven, and he was pissing in all of our faces. Yeah, for an hour and 48 minutes. Oh, Jesus <laughs> so, Christ. So, like... They're jumping from, like, TV scene to TV scene. And I know that you're saying that you think it's a tape on loop, but I think you're wrong because at one point the news is reporting how millions of people are reporting that they are seeing 
local football star Jonathan no, being no, no, chased no. I, by... I just meant the scene in the warehouse where he has 200 okay. TVs all hooked up to the same repeating loop of some... Okay, yeah. no, no. I'm talking about the wacky, stay-tuned style chase through television that happens in the, yeah, no, no, the no, very no. That, end of this that's movie. Him, that's just them jumping through channels. Now... But in within the the logic of this movie, they're getting they're getting hurt. Like they're punching each other and they're throwing each other around the set of these like different TV shows. And there's like a Roseanne joke and shit in there, which is awful. But oh man, yeah, that Roseanne joke is really really lame. I mean, and it's even lame by Shocker standards. Yeah, it's really yeah. bad. Um, but there is a there's a, there's a part where they are in a film. Where there's, it's like it's a showing the atomic testing that happened back in like the uh, the fifties or the forties or whatever, right? And and they're yeah. just literally, it's like it's like fucking Wizard of Oz when the house gets blown away. They're literally just like whoa, <laughs> like fucking floating around the screen. And it's like no, 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 no. Within the logic of this, if you can get get thrown around the set of like a TV uh, televangelist, then if you jumped onto a channel where an atomic blast was happening. You're getting hit with a fucking atomic blast. It's not just like sweeping you off your feet and shit. Well, well, bigger question is this: at one point they end up on a live news broadcast, which to me means that Horace is alive. Like he is sentient. Like he's human in that scene. They can stop right there. Like he's he's made it. He's back on Earth as like a normal. Yeah, that's body. what I'm saying. I don't understand at what point <laughs> like, he is a corporeal or or real or or corporeal. Like yeah. it's it it doesn't it defies its own logic constantly because it just doesn't care. It wants to do these like shitty TV jumping around, stay tuned, fucking gags. But then oh my, and then he gets a hold of a TV remote, and it gets even more confusing from there. Oh, and stupid. It gets so stupid when he can, like, reverse him into walls, like, rewind him into walls. You know when you point your TV, you know when you point your remote at the TV and you can pick up and move characters around in television shows? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, what? That's not a big deal. Like, it happens to me all the time. Yeah, well, I would have tuned into Roseanne and just had her fucking smashing into walls all over the place. (laughs) Calling all 90s kids. Do you miss the last great decade full of wholesome sitcoms, rad colorful patterns, and the worst fashion to ever make a comeback? Jenny here, and I got the cure for what ails you with the 90s TV Hour. We're a podcast about the greatest entertainment the 90s had to offer, from life lessons to boy bands and everything in between. You want more great 90s content? Come join the 90s TV Hour addicts on Facebook or follow at 90s TV Hour on Instagram for new 90s goodness every day from infomercials to Toyback Thursdays to the 90s song of the day and so much more. We'll see you there. So what did you guys watch this week? Uh, I'll go first. Um, Okay. As is tradition. Well, (laughs) sometimes, depending on how good my my what did I watch was. Um, So I I finally got around to watching Life. From 2017, you guys know that movie. Like it's oh the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Yeah, but it's Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. Ooh. Uh, and I, I didn't actually finish it um, because it was kind of I, I kind of well I mean I I guess I sk- I finished it because I skipped to the end. Uh, but it's it was it wasn't bad. It was just incredibly sentimental, um, like over the top sentimental. With it's like Alien meets a Lifetime. TV movie. Uh, it's very strange um, pacing wise, but 
the 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 actual like so if you've seen Alien, you know what happens. Not much spoiler to be had there. Um, it wasn't terrible, but I was really like upset and disturbed by Ryan Reynolds' death in the movie. Um, you guys ever? Uh, okay, maybe maybe this is a stupid question, but have you guys ever drank kombucha? No. Yeah, that shit's fucking gross. No, I fucking love kombucha, but um, I, I have not been able to drink kombucha for like the last two days since I watched Life because um, when you open a bottle of kombucha, there's always a little floaty jellyfish looking thing in it. It's the mother. It's like the the it's the yeast that or the the I don't know if it's back whatever the, the culture is in kombucha that makes a kombucha. Um, and I always avoid that. I don't, I mean, like, you can technically drink it. It just is gross and slimy, and I don't want to put that in my mouth. Um, so Ryan Reynolds' death is absolutely the exact same thing as when you're drinking a kombucha and you swallow the mother. It's fucking gross, and it's really been bothering me the last couple of days. It's really all I have to say about life. The only thing I really know of that movie is that Andy was super excited to watch it, and then he was like... Hey, man, I'm going to go watch that Life movie. I'll tell you how it is. And two and a half hours later, I got a message that was like, Hey, man, don't ever fucking watch that Life movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I didn't spend two and a half hours on it then. So I got two things. I want to give a podcast shout out, and there's a movie that I watch. Um, So when I was at San Diego Comic-Con, I met the the hosts of a fairly popular podcast called The Geek History Lesson. Um, Every week, they do an hour-long lesson on a different character from pop culture and the whole history of like its first appearance in television or comic books and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, really good show, really informative, found out a holy shit moment for me, which was they did an episode on the penguin. Um, did you guys ever watch the Batman, the animated series? Yeah, of course. Uh, you asked us this the other day and I was like, what are you yeah. fucking out of your mind? Yeah, I watched that. Do you know who the voice of the Penguin was on the Batman animated series? Well, now that I got all offended about you asking me, I'm going to look it up so it looks like I do know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Paul Williams. Really? Wow. Nice. (laughs) And I was like, no way. And then I looked up on YouTube just like Penguin, Batman animated series. And like, yep, no, it is undeniably Paul Williams' voice. Um, But I also, uh, through Scream Factory, got a copy of Teen Wolf not too long ago and finally decided to, like, sit down and watch it. And um, I just got a couple quick notes. Uh, This movie's still great. The soundtrack is delightful. They finally removed the penis at the end of the movie. I won a What Are You Looking At Dick Nose t-shirt. The best friend in this movie is way hotter than the girl that Michael J. Fox is trying to pursue the entire time, which makes him a bit of an idiot. And the girl that he wants to pursue has sex with a werewolf. And as discussed in previous episodes, there's no way that that is comfortable or enjoyable. <laughs> it's like, like putting a fuzzy sock in your mouth, man. <laughs> it's been a long, long time since I watched that movie. And um, I don't remember the penis at the end. Like, what? Well, I don't. It, it's, it's, a, it's an urban legend. You can look for it. But supposedly one of the dudes in the stands at the very last shot when Michael J. Fox runs and hugs Boof, his best friend, uh, there's a dude that just has his dick out and he's like waving it. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't even, I mean, like, I don't understand this. Like It, it wasn't supposed to be there. It was a, an extra that did it and they didn't catch it until after it was released on VHS. And then someone's like, is that guy waving a dick in the crowd? So have you seen it? Have you seen the, the penis in it in the previous? I've, I've seen it on, well, 
I have like a DVD that's a shitty transfer, but it certainly looks like there's a penis in his hand. Are you sure in it's the not DVD just a transfer? Finger, like, well, you know, no, the- because in the because I looked real close on this HD one to see. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, in this HD one, it just looks like he has his pants unzipped, and he like pulls the shirt over it. Yep, I'm looking at a picture of her right now. He literally just has his fly open. There's no dick out or anything. Okay. That Wait might be from the newest version. Wait <laughs> a second. I'm, I'm zooming in and enhancing right now. Give me a second. <laughs> it's like CSI over here. Ah, he's just, I mean, the dick's not out. It's not out. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, even though the movie's kind of dumb as fuck and super low budget, Teen Wolf, still a good time. All right, Adam, take us home. Uh, well, you mentioned Batman the Animated Series, and I want to talk. I want to touch on that because that fucking a cartoon is amazing, and it's it's worth actually going back and watching the entirety of that series because that's where we got both Mister Freeze and Harley Quinn from. They had not existed in any iteration before that cartoon. Mister Freeze, that cartoon really? Series. Yeah, seriously. The origin of Mister Freeze with his wife in the cryogenic and him being all fucked up and him having that tragic backstory. That comes from the cartoon, and Harley Quinn just never existed in any iteration before that show. They just decided to create a sort of a sidekick character for the Joker. Um, so it's a pretty important series, and it's really well done. It's, it gets really dark. Like, people get exploded and killed, and there's mafia hits and, like, crazy shit going on in that show. Secondly, I have something that's not an urban legend for you in the movie Twister... Right, uh, with fucking Joe or Helen Hunt and uh, Bill Paxton, right? There is a scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman is sitting on a lawn chair uh, in the back of a like a this big van they have with all this equipment. He's wearing shorts and he spreads his legs, and his nuts are full visible. Totally see his ball. I watched that movie so many times in high school and well, probably junior high and high school, and I definitely never noticed that. Yeah, it's- I I love I love that your what did you watch today was just like uh, like an addendum to both of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really been watching anything. I've been wait. I mean, I'm, I'm my usual regiment of like YouTube videos, but nobody gives a fuck about that. Um, but yeah, totally. You can freeze frame it, and you can see Philip Seymour Hoffman's ball sack in full view. Rest R.I.P. Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> but rest, rest in penis. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, I didn't really watch anything. Now, I've been watching that show Preacher, which is in its second season, um, and they they made a lot of changes, and there's a lot of stuff going on that um, that, uh, that was never in the show, or never in the comic. And uh, I was reading, like, a Reddit thread, and they were talking about how much of a piece of shit Cassidy, the character, like, the vampire character is. And I thought, well, fuck, I'm going to reread these comics, because I don't remember... Um, I don't remember him being that that terrible. So I read all 62 comics in like the last three days. Um, and uh, the whole crux of Preacher's argument that, that uh, Cassie is a really shitty character is that he hit a woman one time. And he literally dies because, like, because... And this was, this was uh, in the, the, the present timeline of the show, or of the comic... This happened something like 60 years previously. He hit a woman one time, and that makes, makes him a completely irredeemable character, and, and he dies just pretty much simply based on that fact. Um, so it's, it was a bit weird. Um, anyways, I read 62 fucking 
issues of Preacher, <laughs> Preacher. <laughs> um, which was not as good as I remember it being. Uh, you want to read that when you're young, because it's very much like, I don't know, that's that's for that's for your budding atheist to read. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, once you're set in your ways one way or the other, it's either going to be like, yeah, no fucking shit, or you're going to be like, oh, this is super offensive to me. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, but uh, I remember reading it when I was young, and I, I thought it was pretty cool. But, you know, hillbillies fucking fish and guys getting their heads cut to look like penises and stuff. It's just people fucking giant meat monsters. I don't really care. I wasn't, I wasn't as good as I remember it. If I was going to compare a Garth Ennis, I would say that The Boys is a far better series than I think Preacher was, and I'd, I'd fight anybody on that. Wait, wait, did Garth Ennis, I, I always get them confused, did Garth Ennis also do the good run of Constantine, or is that Warren Ellis? Oh, I don't believe oh, that's... Laser. sorry. I, yeah, no, he did, Garth, Garth Ennis did Punisher, yes. Uh, he did Punisher Max. No, 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 not, I did, oh, yeah, I, and I don't, I've never liked Punisher. I mean, actually, the only Punisher that I've ever liked is uh, the Punisher in the Daredevil uh, Netflix season or season two, uh, just because he's not a completely irredeemable asshole. I mean, he's bad. He's a he's a I don't really like antiheroes anymore. I mean, you know, because I'm an adult, I'm not an edgy teen. But um, yeah, I th- my biggest problem with any I mean, that's I think that's big, my biggest problem with uh with Garth Ennis in general is that like he just tries to be so edgy and he tries to do like the most offensive storylines and also Garth Ennis did do um he did a long long run um in the uh early 90s it started with Jamie Delano doing Hellblazer and then um Garth Ennis took over after uh issue 40 so um I I, blah, 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 blah. I'm I'm actually like checking the the inside the Wikipedia. Um, I don't. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so Garth Ennis started with the Dangerous Habits um, storyline, which is basically what they used for uh, the Constantine movie, like the one where he gets like uh, yeah, and he lung cancer, and then yeah, yeah, which is actually a really really great part of of the early Hellblazer stuff. Um, so, I mean, I guess I have to give him credit for that, but that's about as toned down, laid back as Garth Ennis ever was. Everything else is really balls to the wall. Yeah, like, absolutely. And uh, if I remember correctly, he did your favorite, Crossed. Uh. Cross, I know. Yeah, he did do my favorite. <laughs> and my favorite, I, mean, I don't know. I like Crossed. I, I read this thing. I know you like Crossed. We've been over this a million times. Dude, I, you you, like half suggested i read that shit but before we were even doing horror movie night you were like hey, you know across or maybe it was like the very beginning and i read like the first two issues <laughs> online and i was so upset like i'm still scarred hey, you laugh because you're heartless you may hey this is this is entirely making up for that time that you made me look up sounding <laughs> sounding <laughs> Well, that was Shocker from 1989. Yes, you heard right. This movie was from the 80s. Uh, and it was selected by us when someone named Fanmail Chris sent us an email. We've got at least three more weeks of movies that you guys suggested to us until we get to watch whatever the fuck we want for a couple months. And then you get to torture us again in January. So 
Thank you so much for checking out the show. And we will be back next week. As always, you can send us suggestions at hmnpodcast at gmail.com or visit the website at hmnpodcast.com. Thank you for listening, guys. We love you. We'll be back next week and all that good shit. Okay, I'm done. Bye. Yeah, okay, I guess um, we're even. There was a... There's- What's happening? <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network.